Well, thank you for joining another episode of the Authentic Deb podcast. This is Debbie, and today we have another installment of Can You Pray the Gay Away? I am really excited about our guest today. It's Bishop Randy Morgan, who resides over the Covenant Network and New Covenant Church of Atlanta. Uh, we have known each other for a really long time. And really, without further ado, I'm just going to let Randy introduce himself, and we will see where the conversation goes. So, Bishop Randy, thanks for joining the show. Well, I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you, Debbie. I, I love you and Susan so much, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. Amen. We, we love you, too. It's, it's, uh, I get to see your smiling face. Uh, the rest <laughs> of y'all just have to listen to his voice, but you can always find him in Atlanta. So why don't you tell us, you know, this installment is about Can You Pray the Gay Away? And really share with us whatever you want to share, whether that goes back to you know, growing up or just some of the things that you went through as far as uh, coming to a place where you're okay with you or you're okay with God. Um, really just go back as far as you want and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Okay, absolutely. I was born. <laughs> I was born many <laughs> I was born many years ago. And yes, and all that. I was uh I was actually born in Riverdale, Georgia. I was born at home. A midwife delivered me. I um my parents at the time were going to a Pentecostal church that did not believe in um seeking medical help. And so there was a whole generation of us that were born at the, uh, during that time at home, midwife. And basically, they would come over, the Pentecostal folks would come over and pray when the children were being born. And they'd have prayer meetings and, and they'd sit around and, and just pray. So literally, I took my first breath in a Pentecostal prayer meeting. Um, <laughs> and some people say, so wow, you've been around it all your life, so tongues must not you know, or the move of the spirit or things like that must not make you nervous. I said, no, I didn't say that. I said, you know, I've been around it since my first breath, but still there's manifestations of the Holy Spirit and things that the Holy Spirit will do in church that I'll stand there and go, wow, what is this about? So I'm always uh, shocked and amazed by the move of the Holy Spirit, even though I've been around it all my life. When I was in kindergarten, I remember um, one of my first crushes, and I, it's so far back, it's fuzzy, but he was a young man. He was, well, he was a kid. He was a, he was a fellow fifth grade, not a young we man. We get you. A, we got you. Yeah, he was a, he was a kid. And um, I was a kid. And what I did was we, we would have dress up clothes and stuff. He would like to put on the high heels and walk the balance beam. And my responsibility was to hold his hand to make sure he didn't fall off the balance beam. And I just remember, you know, as far back as I can remember, that was kind of, you know, there in the background. And so I was simultaneously with growing up, I was hungry for God, but I was also gay. And, and I knew this even at a very early age. So around 10, when I was 10 years old, um, I remember my grandfather challenging me to talk to Jesus. And so I went out into the woods. I was playing with my Star Wars action figures and all of that. And I, I just remember being in the woods and all of a sudden this overwhelming sense of needing Jesus came over me. So I said, Lord Jesus, I just put all the toys down. I lifted my hands. I won't ever forget the prayer. I prayed. I said, Lord Jesus, if you're real, come into my life. And in that moment, you ever see those movies where everything just freezes? Yeah. You know, it, it, and the screen kind of zooms out and everything freezes. It was like all of reality just froze. I had a very physical, tangible, spiritual experience with Jesus. It was almost like he took his face and stamped my heart with it. And I could feel it like this. Uh, you, you know how stamps are, like a notary an public. Impression, yeah. An impression. And I never wanted anything more than I wanted Jesus from that moment on. Well, the issue started really coming into my view between 10 and 14 that I was gay. I mean, all my crushes, everything was leaning in that direction. No matter how hard I fought it, no matter how hard I wrestled against it, the preachers would preach the sermons. I would hear them. Um, it was common to hear, oh my gosh, you know, homosexuals are going to hell. It was very common in South Georgia, especially in the tradition that I was raised in, far right Pentecostalism. What kind of what kind of even as a young man i'm 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 looking at the 
the dichotomy between this incredible physical, spiritual, tangible imprint on your heart, which is very biblical as far as being sealed with the Holy Spirit, where you could literally, and I can see that. I mean, I, I was kind of visualizing it as you were saying it. And so you've got this truth. Yeah. You've got this truth that you know, yes. that you know, that you know. And then, especially as a young man, you've got these other voices in that time frame when you were talking about 10, 14, uh, two questions. Were you trying to, well, you're still pretty young. Were you, did you ever try to date uh, women? But how did you process that as a young man between this evidence that nobody can take away from you and from the very strict Pentecostal environment that you were in on a day in and day out basis? Well, um, <clears throat> no, I did not try to date anybody. From 10 to 14, it was a, a very simple time in that, you know, dating, although I had to say, oh, who is she? And that kind of stuff. Okay, I had to so really had to fail games. myself. Yeah, I had to play, I had to play the game too of Pentecostalism and, and I had to play the game of gayness. And I use that, that terminology very strategically because I knew in my heart that if I exposed myself as far as being gay, what I really felt, if I exposed this area of my heart, and I'm going to say something that I don't say very often. Usually I say it in private conversations, but I'm going to say it here because I, I feel, you know, that people need to hear this. If I would have said anything, I was not only afraid of God, of hell, of, of at 10 to 14, you know, in that range when I was first going through puberty and all of this kind of stuff and realizing exactly where my mind was going, realizing what TV, you know, I'd watch TV and realize, oh, wait a minute, I need to think of something else because, you know, I was struggling with this. I realized during that time that I was also very much afraid for my own life. Um, not just from the Pentecostal side. I, I love, I didn't think that anybody that I loved or knew was necessarily going to, to try to kill me. But I also knew that it was always in the background of the parameter in South Georgia when you're around um, uh, certain kinds of people, especially yeah. who are ramped up about Jesus and, and guns. Uh, when you mix Jesus and guns, you mix a lot of, of nervousness for a kid uh, yeah. who's struggling with something that they all scream about from behind the pulpit. And I mean, scream uh, about. Yeah, so did that answer your question? Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because, you know, like we said, uh, I'm glad that you shared that. Thank you. Because part of this podcast is, you know, being authentic and yeah. not hiding behind um, anything because I know people are going to hear that and say, oh, you know, it's, it's a universal thing. Somebody else hears something and they resonate with it and the threat of death and bodily harm is very real even in 2020 but it's especially even in christianity it, oh my gosh yeah and so um i'm really glad that you shared that because i know some uh, several people who hear that are going to really resonate with that yeah and so from about 14 when i was 14 years old i received the baptism in the holy spirit and I, can I share a little bit about that? Of course, you can share whatever you want. Okay. So here's what happened. I knew I was gay. But one day when I was 14 years old, I had already received the Lord, this, this dichotomy of gayness, which I believed at the moment was probably caused by some demonic influence. And my Christianity, Christianity was far outweighing anything between 10 and 14, of course. And so I just kind of let it, sit there. Um, but at 14 years old, the Lord spoke to me, uh, in the front yard of my granny's house. It's as indelible as, as I can ever remember. I was mowing the grass and the Lord spoke to me and said, go to church with your cousin Tammy tonight and I'm going to give you what you need. And, and I said, okay. So I, I let go of the, the lawnmower and I went and called my cousin and she said, sure, we'll come pick you up. And on the way to church, I was looking out the window, and I won't ever forget this moment. The voice of the Lord came to me in the back seat of that car at 14 years old 
and said, the pastor's going to get up and he's going to preach on Acts chapter two. I, at the time I didn't, I wasn't sure what Acts chapter two even said. And, um, and I got up, he got up and he said, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter two, verses one through four. And he talked about the day of Pentecost. So he said, at the end of the sermon, he said, raise your hand. If you want this experience, my hand went up. He said, well, come forward if you want it. I went forward. I received the baptism in the Holy spirit. He laid hands on me. And it was like a million volts of electric love was flowing through my yeah. body. It was, it, it was more than I could even think, but I wasn't like speaking another tongue. So I asked the Lord, I said, shouldn't I be? And he said, go ahead. And I began to, to release the utterance as the spirit gave me the utterance. And it forever, once again, changed my life. It was like being born again, again. Right. The first one, he imprinted his face upon my heart. The second one, he immersed me into a river of electricity. Uh, and, and I was never the same. I, I was on fire and I knew at 10, now let me go back just a little bit and just say this at 10 years old, the, the Lord called me to ministry Ezekiel 33. The Lord spoke to me and said, son of man, I've sent you to be a watchman under the house of Israel. So I had this call in my life. I was born again. Now add to it the baptism in the Holy spirit, all the while this other part that I just let sit there being gay was over here in the corner. Mm -hmm. So I didn't resolve it, still didn't resolve it and um, moved forward in ministry, started moving forward in what I felt like was God's call on my life, became a youth pastor, children's pastor, had about 120 kids under the age of, of like 15 um, that I was responsible for me. How old were you during this? Time? I was 18. By this time, I'm 18 years old. Okay. By the time I become the children's pastor and um, I'm overseeing all these kids in a very growing church in South Georgia at the time. Um, and it was, it was just a, a marvelous, wonderful time for me. And I was able to dismiss this part. Well, when I hit 20, roughly late year of my 20th year, so for two years, I was this children's pastor. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. I was studying the word. I was being exposed to leaders. Um, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland. Were you um, celibate during this time or were you absolutely, acting out? Okay. Absolutely. Um, I was completely, because I feared, do what? Immersed. Immersed. I was immersed in the culture of word and faith and Holy Ghost and revival. And, um, you know, I, I was able to pour all creativity into being a children's pastor. You know, we would, uh, our children's ministry was the army of the Lord for a couple, a year or so. And we had camouflage hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. You know, I was dressed in a military uniform. Oh, it was can really, I, I want to see that picture. <laughs> you know what? I don't have any of the pictures. Oh, wow. Here's the sad part. Here's where we kind of come into this sad season post right at 2021. I think it was 21. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was 21 when I came out late. I was fixing to be 22 and uh, I just knew I couldn't put a cap on this anymore. I knew that I was in my early twenties. Uh, I was doing everything I could. I, I wasn't going to any bars. There was no, uh, at the time there wasn't any internet. So there was certainly no, I didn't understand there were gay Christians out there. I didn't understand that was a thing. I'd never heard of such a thing, but I knew that I was alone and that I needed a helpmate. And I knew that, you know, it was either marry or burn, but I didn't, I knew that scripture, but I had no concept of gay marriage. So at 21, I came out even my coming out was a little surrounded by controversy. Uh, but I, to say that it wasn't that the church really, the church could not have me there. Whenever I finally came out, you know, it was like, I know I've got to leave and that kind of thing. And there was some rejection in my heart and I dealt with some rejection, but I left this thing that was my lifeline. And, and I will say this, the church that I was in was mainstream. It was non-affirming. Um, and it was 
a name that we would all recognize. I won't call it out, but the namesake of our church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it had such an indelible imprint in my life that later in life, when I would start a church, it would come out of that stream just for gay people. And um, so we, I, I came out a very painful moment in my life and immediately looked for church. And by that, I mean, I looked for assembly and what I found was clubs. Yeah. You know, I, 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 that was my church and it wasn't a good one, but it was still my church. My, my pastor was my bartender. Mm-hmm. My, um, you know, the worship team was the drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I say all that comparing, you know, not that they got up and preached or. Well, you or needed any community. I, I had to have community. I was desperate for it. And at 22, I kind of hit some rock bottoms. I was drinking entirely too much. I had never drank before I came out, but I knew when I came out, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try some alcohol. And it, it, it got really dark. It got dark so much so that, you know, at 21, 22 in that area, I kept alcohol and drawers in my bedroom you know, just to, to, when I'd wake up and need to medicate, that's Don't how I medicate. did it. And a lot of people do that. Alcohol, food, sex, uh, yeah. whatever, you know, we find ways to self-medicate, so, even though you knew Jesus. And I've done the same thing in different right. ways. During that process, I kept hearing Jesus quote Psalm to me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He kept saying it over and over and I would yell back at him I am terribly and horribly made and 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 he kept saying this you're fearfully and wonderfully made and I kept thinking why how what did, what did you get angry with God I, I did I got angry but I would have been scared to even say those emotions um because of the fear of the Lord that was in me and deposited in me Um, I was upset and it wasn't that I was upset that God here, here's what, what upset me. I don't believe I was upset because God had made me gay. I don't believe I was upset because I had to leave the church and that by default, I was upset that he was telling me that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what really upset me. I've got that a little bit. Well, with the church, I understood their point. And I understood God as he related to the church. I I mean, I was like, okay, that's column over here. I understand gay. I understand that if I'm gay, I'm promiscuous, I'm drinking, I'm out catting, running around, all of that. Oh, okay. You didn't have a framework for for a healthy relationship. Not even a little. Okay. And so um, here I was in this, in these two categories. Okay. I left that category. I'm over here now. And I knew the voice of the Lord. He told me to, to go to church with my cousin. He, through the years, he had told me all these things about children's ministry. I, I had 120 kids learning to prophesy. We called them cartoons from God. They would get How really awesome. unique visions and dreams and they would share them in front of each other. They grabbed the microphone and prophesy. I knew all of this. And I don't mean that arrogantly when I say no. I knew it, I had experienced it. But over here, this was this category. So for the voice of the Lord to be coming to me and telling me I was fearfully and wonderfully made, at first I rebuked the devil and I heard God. I heard God. <laughs> I'm not roll, laughing at you, but we've, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I rolled my eyes. I could, I could hear. I'm sure God could hear me rolling my eyes because I was like, I, I'm like, that's got to be the devil. But I knew. The voice. The the voice. And and I kept sitting there going, okay, how? Well, one day, there's so much to my my affirmation story and and becoming affirming. But one day, um, I don't even know where to start with this part, but I'll just, I'll sum it up like this. Um, I finally gave in. And I went to the Episcopal church um, somehow. Oh, some friends of mine who were gay were part of an Episcopal church. And they said, you ought to try it. So I, I went and visited and found what was called 
affirming Christianity. These were people that said, you know, some of these gay folks in the Episcopal Church said, Randy, you know, the Bible is not anti-gay. Here's some literature. So I got some literature from the MCC. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to get up right now. And you may have to edit this. I don't know. But let me just look real quick. Um, I still have the booklet that was handed to me. Here it is. It's a little, it's a little trifold and I can't even remember what year was this published? 1900s. No, (laughs) (laughs) this was published in 1995 and it was given to me free, uh, free 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 to be gay, lesbian. How awesome. Yeah, free to be gay, lesbian, a brief look at the Bible and homosexuality. And it was enough Mm -hmm. to get me thinking, well, now, wait a minute. Maybe my interpretation isn't right. Now, that all came, this whole dialogue really came to a head when I met Johnny Layton in July of 1993. Um because I was, you know, I wanted to explore alternate spiritualities. I wanted to, to look at things, but Jesus kept saying to me, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Mm-hmm. No man comes father by me. And so I was like, okay. So you wanted to explore that because you thought that that would be, we have already branched several podcast topics through just the last 20 minutes that my mind yeah. is swirling. But why did you want to explore alternate personality, alternate personalities, alternate (laughs) spiritualities. Well, in my mind, I thought, you know, if they're gay accepting, I want to hear how they are. Uh Like, you know, I wanted to, and and I I got interested in world religions along this time. I was, I went back to college around between 93 and 97. As a gay man. Huh? As a gay man. As a a gay man. A closeted gay man when you went back to college? No, I had already came out okay. at this point. When I left the church, uh, six months later, I met Johnny Layton. Okay. And um, he challenged me to grow mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's brilliant. He's always been brilliant. But when I first met him, he had just graduated. He's a microbiologist. He, he's just brilliant. And so I thought, you know what? I've never gone to school. I've never been much one for reading. Uh, I very rarely read anything other than the Bible. And so I went, I went back to college. And in that time, my major was English composition and rhetoric, but my minor was comparative religious studies. So, you know, I, I studied all the world religions. When I say all, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. not, not, you know, I, I went a mile wide, but an inch deep in everything. And um, I studied the Bhagavad Gita. I studied the Quran. I studied um, the Upanishads. I studied the, just you name it. I went into it. I studied a lot of uh, Myrtle Fillmore and Charles Myrtle Fillmore, the unity movement, all of okay. these folks. So I became very interested in alternate religions, alternative religions. I call them alternative. I'm sure they that are in them don't call them alternative. Right. That's just from your perspective. You know? Yes. Yeah. Not to say it's a bad perspective, just for, for the, you know, for the podcast, I, I welcome anybody just to talk about their experience, but. You and I are and so, on the same page. so that, Absolutely. Okay. And so during that time, you know, I kept feeling Jesus drawing me back to his own person, not to comparative religions, not to um, a lot of these other things. Here's what it is. I kept feeling Jesus saying to me, Randy, talk to me about who you are, because I want to talk to you about who you are with me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept feeling him drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. And then finally, I just gave up. And I said, Jesus, like I prayed when I was 10, if this is real, if my sexuality, my homosexuality, and your holiness and righteousness can merge, if there's some way that you can sanctify my homosexuality, then please do so. And he began to merge his mind, the mind of Christ, and his heart, 
with my orientation and I was never the same. So fast forward three years to 2000, in 1997, we started an MCC in South Georgia with our dear, huh? I didn't know that. Yep. With some very dear friends. Um, They're now a pastor and a spouse and his two sons are in our church now and they're pastors in New Covenant Atlanta. But um, we started an MCC, Jerry and Ray, and all of them were involved in it. But uh, then we moved to Atlanta. And in 2000, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, I want you to start a church and bring my people together. And uh, we started New Covenant Church of Atlanta. And it was a combining my experiences of salvation at 10, baptism in the Holy Spirit at 14, word and faith and, and faith in the word and charismatic and Pentecostalism. Sorry, I had to let the dog out. She's no worries. <laughs> so, okay. But, but the church um, flowed together to combine salvation, baptism, word and faith, revival and miracles, signs and wonders, fivefold, all of these things combined under one roof along with the LGBTQI intersection. Right when I met you, because I don't think you were at, were you at the Glorious Church Conference in 2000 in DC? Okay, then that's where I met you. That's where we met, yep. And so that right in July, we started New Covenant, Atlanta of 2000. And by, I think that was September or October. November, it was right after the election. All the 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 uh, all the stuff about the the chads or what all the the stuff with Al Gore. It was all going back and forth. Who was going to win? Remember, oh, it was all. Uh, I forgot about that, but that's yeah. right. But that's that right there. The glorious church conference. I'd never been in a room with warring, radical. Tongue-talking gay folk that was in a crowd. Now, what's really funny is there was about, I think there was roughly around 100 people there. It was also new for me. That's where I met you. I didn't meet yep. Zoila, I don't think, till the next one, but you. and, and um, when, you, when you interviewed me for my thing, I mean, yeah, that was our first thing, too. We've got quite a story about that. But that was my first experience wow. as well, that there could be a charismatic you know, people, because Susan and I had said to each other in, in Washington, we're like, are we the only charismatic lesbians in, in the state of Washington? <laughs> you know, through a series of events, we met Dale and Juanita and this and that. So that's where I met most everybody that I still know now. Brenda, everybody yeah. at, at that conference. And it blew me away. It blew me away too. And, you know, I, I see New Covenant Church of Atlanta being so blessed. and then. Um, you know, because of some of those early days where we went, met people, got exposed to things. And I'm like, you know what? We can bring in the prophetic. Gays can prophesy. Wait a minute. We can bring in word of faith. You know, these are things that are not mutually exclusive of our sexual orientation. So we started building from there. And along about 2010, other people started coming alongside and saying, we'd like to start something like New Covenant in our city. And even though the Covenant Network wasn't born in 10, it was mm-hmm. really born in our hearts in 13 and really became a manifestation in 16. Mm-hmm. So the Covenant Network's relatively new. It's only about three or four years old. It feels uh, older than that to me. It does, because <laughs> actually technically in our hearts of merging back in 10 again and all of us re, re-acclimating to one another, uh, it's about nine years old. But yeah. really the, the formation of it, the... Um, and immersed really brought that about the relationships coming back together. Let me make a point. Cause I just felt like the Holy spirit lighted on something. Um, listening to your story, you just said it and I'm going to paraphrase it. So if I get it wrong, there's so many correlations between what God had imprinted on your heart. And I think this is important for people to know that there, there is something that's imprinted on your heart like it says, you know, we lack, you know, lack of vision, you know, without a vision, the people perish. So you can get something imprinted on your heart. I think this is uh, frustrating for me as a prophetic person, anybody who really moves more in that realm, especially you have vision or you have something imprinted in your spirit on your heart. 
but the manifestation of that takes a little bit and there's yes. a lot of journeys that 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 go on that because just hearing you say well you were talking just now and um what i heard was you were talking from a very like well the foundation or it really wasn't until 2016 and i'm like but it was already operating in your heart yeah and i believe i believe in the hearts of many other people um but we've gone from like how do i say it what it really was it, it really surprised me to hear you say 2016 because i don't know if you mean like structure or written down on paper with a board or what the actual that's what i mean right and it, it's interesting to hear that because as a as a as a spiritual man as somebody god has talked to for years that was already in place but we i'm going somewhere takes me a minute <laughs> we tend to not always and i know you didn't mean it that way but we tend to not always acknowledge or this or that until we have this whole thing absolutely in place and yet the 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 vision and the the ability to carry it out and all of the saturating of the word and of the spirit and all of the the saturating of of god being with us in each step of our character whether we went to the bar or didn't go to the bar all of that is a process just like yesterday when you and apostle shelley were talking about seeds that it's being saturated and being weeded out and and and, and cleansed just like a digest digestive system it's all working um in, until and it's it's almost like sometimes i think that we discount the process yes, that's right because we're saying until i've gotten here it's like saying i'm going to make it really simple until i get my masters of religion from whatever thing i'm not really a pastor that's being okay <laughs> you know what right. I mean? until i get this title yeah I, I don't you know there was a time where it's like oh you know i'd like to be and now i could care less not yeah. because i still am debbie i'm still gifted with these things and and i can honestly say now it doesn't matter what you call me or it, it, it really doesn't because I know the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. So I, there was a time where I needed that, like, oh, please call me pastor or please acknowledge. And I've grown so much from that. Not that I, I honor the gifts and the fivefold, but now I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know? right. And it's you freedom. You are who you are. Yeah. It's, it's freedom. But it just was so interesting that you said it didn't really become this. And I think uh, some people get stuck in that. Yeah. Like it's not really this until this, but yeah, because what I see, what I was so impressed with is when, which is so much the Randy Morgan that I know, you holding this little, maybe queen's hand on a balance beam, <laughs> such mm. a picture of the pastoral heart on you. Such mm. a, such a, have you ever thought about that? Of, I have of, not. But go back to that picture for a moment because yeah. what I saw was just the call of God on Randy's life. You were talking about it as a little young boy who had feelings for other boys. And I saw it as a picture of a shepherd holding mm. somebody's, somebody's hand. I like that. I'm going to claim that. Amen. Yeah. I like that. Because yeah. That's what I was in, impressed with. And then even when you were talking about the Lord imprinting on your heart, which is why I said there's another topic <laughs> for later, is speaking in tongues is great. We know Amen. that. Amen. <laughs> Should have bought a and, 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 you know, bought a whatever. But uh, you know the voice of the Lord. You were a, a prophet well before you spoke in tongues you mm. you were able and this the same with me and sometimes that's why i said i'm going to go on a slight slide rail but it's a different conversation that while all the gifts of the spirit are great i think sometimes we still limit people as a church when we say you must pray in tongues to do this or this or that because mm. you heard the voice of the lord before you ever prayed in tongues god sure. was moving in you before you ever prayed in tongues so it's a different podcast right yeah. to release people but i just see god's hand on you 
all the way through. So I know I just took a huge rabbit trail, but just for our listeners that um, I almost feel like what the Lord is wanting to say is that we put parameters on ourselves that he never placed of, of what is complete or what is, Amen. what can, is perfect. Can I say something about that? Um, Habakkuk said something very interesting and this is why, because, you know, Covenant Network was birthed in my heart a long time before it became a manifestation. But the reason I said that about 16 was that's when I finally was able to put the vision down and make it plain so that they who read it may run. Right. And I want to encourage your listeners, you know, if you feel frustrated about any area of your life, if you're feeling frustrated, whether it's related to your sexual orientation or your relationship with God, or even your job, write the vision and make it plain so that the Bible says, so that he that reads it may run. That includes the person writing it. Sometimes we have no vision and direction because we've never actually written our own life vision down. And so, and, and I guess that was something I was exposed to too, that really helped me navigate my life was at different times in my life, I have different vision statements and objectives. And so, you know, in this season, my vision statement is plain and and as simple as I can make it uh, is comes or originates from Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And right now that's my vision statement because I'm pressing in to understand the kingship of Jesus over the LGBT community. See, I'm pressing in right now to pray that God gives me strategies to reveal the lordship, the kingship Mm -hmm. of Jesus over LGBTQI people that, that, um, because we love revival. We love the religion of, of Pentecostalism. We love, we love fire. We love all of these things. But when we go out of that context, what are we doing with our orientation? What are we doing with our lives? Have we written the vision down and made it plain so that we can run with it? And that's, that's uh, very confirming to what Bob Jones and I talked about um, yesterday. We started talking about a vision a little bit at the end oh, and, God. and writing things down. So it's very confirming. And I'll, I'll share with you offline the word he had for me afterwards, which was interesting. And what I see in that is, yes, I agree with you 100%. I think that I'm uh, where you're, where the Lord is taking you is, you know, right here and making the vision plain and the Lordship and the Kingship of Jesus. And I feel like my mandate is almost underneath that. Like there's several, there's people that are several stair steps down from that. Absolutely. Let's, let me in my own way, sometimes crass, sometimes not, I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> Let me in my own way be authentic, Deb, and uh, elevate you to the point where you know that you are loved. And, and let, let me stair step you. Let me play my part right here. And then I have this person to these people and then this and this. Because there's a lot of people that our listeners can't see, but there's a lot of people right here. Like, am I okay? Yeah. Am I okay to be alive? Am I yeah. whether gay, straight? Like and and I come in here to say you are perfectly made. Amen. You are perfect. And let them stair step up to that. And that's that's how it works. And Amen. and I've come to that. Like, okay, I know my I know what I'm supposed to be doing. It doesn't look like Bishop Randy, but we're not in conflict either. No, you know, it's absolutely just, not. It's knowing your realm of where you're supposed to, um, where you're supposed to be. And so before we get to our other questions, because we could talk for hours just even on the lessons you've learned, and I'd love to have you back for some other conversations because I think this sure. is really um, a, a, sometimes it's just fun to be in that that. Well, it is fun. Um, Amen. To be where we're not necessarily preaching or this or that, but we just kind of let our uh, pulpit hair down, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let my pulpit hair down a long time ago. I know, that's ago. one of my questions. It fell you, out. Do you see my sign back there on the wall? <laughs> I love it. I was. That's my one question for you when we get ready to ask it. Oh, okay. 
so I'm going to ask you some questions unless there's anything else you want to add to this part of the conversation. No, goodness. I talked a long time. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> I, I, I love it when you talk. Okay. So I've got several questions for you. Okay. Um, the first one is, are you really bald or do you shave your hair? And then there's a follow-up <laughs> question to that. I am I, the hair on my head. Have you ever seen the Simpsons? Uh, only in passing. Krusty the clown is my hair. So if my hair, my hair would grow straight out on the sides and nothing on the top except a little poof. That and, is and really that scary. Would, it's very scary. So that's why I keep it very shaved. Um, and I also, it's why it's one of the reasons my excuses for eating cake is I like, I got to keep my head rounded. So, okay. oh, you are so funny. <laughs> okay. So, because I have seen pictures of you younger with, yeah. with hair. Um, so you're not really bald. You shave your hair because you would have scary hair at this age. If it, absolutely. If, okay. Cause some of the younger pictures I've seen, you know, which I, you are already very handsome, but with hair, I was like, Oh wow, he's hot. You know? So, um, <laughs> I say that in the well, most les- I say that in the most lesbian way. Don't have Johnny come over after me or anything. You know, one of the great things about being a gay woman is I can flirt with men, and it don't mean nothing Absol- to me. Right. <laughs> There's nothing pinging, right? There's, it's like a, a it's like That's a computer awesome. code. You can write ping in DOS, and nothing's coming back. You know, if anybody understands computer language, you know when you gotta when you gotta ping your computer, it's like no, baby, I'm not answering that. So, um, would you ever wear a toupee? Would you ever see yourself wearing a toupee, or have you ever worn a toupee? No, no, and never. I, I've never done a comb over, and because I have plenty of hair on the sides, I've never done a comb, <laughs> comb over. And I never would wear a toupee. As a matter of fact, even before when I when I I was twenty four, no twenty 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 one, when I first saw the bald spot, and I broke out a razor and said, "That's it," I, you know. And so I've let it grow out just a little bit in the beginning of New Covenant Church of Atlanta. But I'm like, no, it, it's, I got okay. to, I got to keep this. I've never time. known you any other way. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> so next question. You might have to think about this one for a minute. Cause I have some uh, parameters on this. Okay. What is your favorite physical activity besides eating and sleeping? Ah, um, my favorite physical activity is building. Okay. Construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I love to, to, and I love to do plumbing, electrical and, and building. I've, I've renovated our basement. I'm still in the process I of saw it. That. Yeah, yeah. installed a bathroom and, and all of this. So it's been, it's fun. That's my favorite activity. Well, if I fly you, this is a bonus question. If I fly <laughs> you up to our little country house in Texarkana, you know, built in the 1950s, we have lots of renovations that need to be done because we're going to retire there. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Maybe we can, maybe we can do some, you know, we just have an acre. I know you've got more and we're hoping to buy some behind us, but maybe you could just, you know, we could do a little weekend revival and then I'll make you work in between. I love Um, it. That would be good. Okay. Um, I, you get four questions. So wait, you get more. Um, can you dance? I, I can do what I call dancing. <laughs> do you have CRD? What is you that? Know, Caucasian rhythm disorder. <laughs> Actually, if you've ever heard me t- play the tambourine, you you probably know that I have rhythm, and it's it's actually pretty good. But in in the Holiness Church that I was raised in, all they were were was rhythm. I mean, it was just a steady syncopated. Pentecostal beat from beginning to end. So I was, the ladies of the church would put me in their lap, hold my hand with a tambourine and hold my hand out, listen, and taught me how to play the tambourine. Oh, I know you have rhythm because we both sing and play guitar and this and that, you know, and I play drums, but I was telling somebody the other day, I go, people sometimes assume I can dance, but I don't have to move my hips to play the drums. So (laughs) I can move back and forth. I, and, I've and, got the shuffle. Yes, there I'm you go. I'm all right here. I'm in the pocket. Yeah. I'm in the pocket. Okay. And I call that I call that dancing. So yeah. in my mind, yes, I can yes. dance, but it's very little movement. Got you. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Bob Jones, a funny one, and then I'm going to ask you a serious one, okay? Okay. So you're on an island. 
Donnie's not with you. You are you are somehow like Tom Hanks. You're you're on an island. You're the only human there. You're stranded on this island. And you've developed the Dr. Doolittle gift. So you can speak to the animals. Yes. Uh, so they've declared you their king. You're okay. like, you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread, right? Okay. So they make you a little little throne and everything. And there's a two-part question. You get what is your first edict to them as as ruler of this island? They're all assembled and down to the ants. They're all there. Okay. Fry all the chickens. The <laughs> dang chickens are in attendance. They're not happy with you. Okay. So fry all the chickens. And this is, you'll know why I asked the second part, because I didn't, wasn't expecting that. Um, which animal would you ask to perform the task? Perform the what? The task, the edict that you just laid down. Oh, oh, which animal would I ask to perform it? Probably, um, let me think for just a second. I would probably task the lions with cooking because um, they just look like they really know how to eat. I'd be like, and they would also be able to gather all the chickens before revolution would happen. They would. Uh, except hopefully they wouldn't eat the chickens before they got to putting them. That's right. But if on. I'm the king, I would have told them, now y'all can't eat any. Okay. Just gather all the chickens, fry them up, and bring me all the fried chicken. Now I'll tell you why I asked what animal you would ask, because Bob's edict was build me a boat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My edict is bring me the fried chicken. Bob wants to get off the island. Randy just wants to eat fried chicken. So. That's right. Wow. Okay, that's funny. Well, one more question for you, and then you get to ask Authentic Dev whatever you want. Okay. Um, what do you want the listeners who are listening right now, this could be a year from now, you know, a month from now, what do you want them to know from your own story that you feel like, ask the spirit for a moment, what do they hear, need to hear right now from what you've already shared that would impact them um, at this moment right now when they're listening? Um, Jesus and the Bible are intricately linked. When you see Jesus in Revelation, you see him sitting on the throne with a scroll in his right hand. As a gay person, if you are LGBTQI, I need you to understand. I want you to understand. I passionately desire for you to understand that Jesus and his constitution, the Bible, are for you. King Jesus and his constitution are for you, not against you. The second you get that revelation, it will create a whole new path for you. And God will open up the way before you to love yourself, to love someone else, and to love a whole bunch more people that need to be exposed to this kind of love. Amen. That's great. And uh, when we put the show notes in or even here at the end of the show, you know, we'll make sure that they have all the information to get a hold of you. In our show notes, we have like suicide hotline numbers, oh, the Trevor God. Project and stuff like that. But um, anything when you send me yours that you want to send any additional links for New Covenant or things that are specific to Atlanta or this or that, uh, where people can reach out for help, we'll make sure we get all that in there. So now for um, your question for me, Danica asked me a bomb yesterday, so that's why we talked for another little bit. What do you want to ask Authentic Deb? And there's no restrictions. You can ask me anything. I am <clears throat> obsessed with your banner behind your head, Seeker of His Voice. Mm -hmm. And it's written in Hebrew, and I love right. it. Um, I want to ask several questions okay, about it. go for it. Well, here's, I'll just ask two. Number one, who made it? Susan. It's, really? It's a piece of plywood from our garage. And, really? Um, yeah, it's plywood with a wood flames, a wood frame. And uh, she started playing with colors and she goes, I want to make you something. And I said, okay, it's got to be prophetic. And um, so that's, that's the first question. What else do you have? I'll tell you more about it. The second question still ties into it because it, it really caught my attention. Um, 
a seeker of his voice. Why are you, why, why seeker of his voice and not seeker of his presence? Where, where the presence and the voice, I, the, the reason I'm asking this is I'm very much in a season of discovering how you can have presence with no voice or you can have voice with no presence, preferably both. And so that's been, and so when I saw it, it kind of locked in into what I'm, I'm studying out right now, the different people having different experiences with these two pieces of God, his voice and his presence. So um, why seeker of his voice and not seeker of his presence? Good question. So Susan made this for me in 2018. And um, a part of it was early 2018, um, she actually made one for Zoila too, as far as a smaller version, because she loved nice. it when she was over here. And uh, part of it was because um, when we, and just realized when we, because I've always wanted to know his voice and I've known his presence and yes. I know his voice, but sometimes we have that little voice that says, is that really you? Like uh -huh, you talked yeah. about earlier. Absolutely. And I was really coming into more understanding the prophetic gifts within me, regardless of whether um, there was a, a prophet title or this or that uh, uh, behind it. And so I was in a season where like, you know, I've always known your voice. Um, I know it's present. I've always known your voice. And that's all I've really ever wanted to know. I know I'm stubborn, but at the end of the day, I wanted to acknowledge that I am somebody that hears his voice and seeks his voice above my own mindset, seeking the voice of the Lord above everything else and understanding. It took me quite a while to, to pick out the Hebrew words, and you probably know what they are by sight. I can't remember right now because I didn't. I wrote them down somewhere. I recognize some of the letters, but I, I don't. Um, well, I know the one under his voice is the, the word used in the garden. Yeah. Like when he's saying, where are you? Yeah. Or something. Because I had, there's so many different Hebrew words. Um, so I'll have to look them up again. I, I have a friend who's Jewish and reads Hebrew. I could probably just send her a picture. and She'd tell me what words they are. Because I, I, my one thing is I wish I would have written them down. But so knowing that being a prophetic person. And we are all, we all can hear the voice of the Lord, but knowing that I have a, a, a deeper calling than just the, the, the basic, right. Um, and feeling like nobody else got that or feeling like I was different. Like, you know, like you and I've talked about before, I might not get on Facebook, probably not say, yay, this, this is what the Lord showed me and have this big, huge word for a whole bunch of people but I have equally powerful things with individual peoples or, yeah. things, or there's a lot that I hear that I actually don't say I muse on it or whatever. Um, and so there was a season right around 2017, 18 of like, you know what? Um, I, I'm feeling, I just, you know, and I wasn't in really relationship with anybody. It's like, but this is still who I am. And above all, I just need your voice. I Amen. just need to know that what I'm hearing is your voice. And so that's why I picked that phrase. I love it. I love your answer. I'm so passionate about the presence and the voice. But the Roman centurion, I go back to it. It really strikes me that that's your hunger because it's very much like the Roman centurion. Jesus said, you know, I'll come with you. And he said, no, I'm a man under authority. He understood authority. He said, you know, if you just send your voice, just speak the word. And, my, and Jesus said, that's the greatest faith that you don't necessarily, you can, if you hear the voice and you don't sense the presence, that's the better part because, you know, you can sense the presence, but if you don't have the voice, you just feel God in the midst of crap and, well, <laughs> and can't get out of it. <laughs> and that's where I feel like I've been the last couple of years, wow. you know, wow. is in this, uh, what I told Janica yesterday when she was asking me what the Lord was deconstructing for me, I says, on the one hand, um, and you and I will talk more about this later, I know, but on the one hand, because I want to talk about it, the last three years um, would have been good to be part of the Covenant Network, to be part of covering so that I could, so that you could and others walk through with me what I feel like the Lord was telling me. Mm. Okay. As far as, 
accountability is the wrong word. It's more like sounding board and kind of keeping you safe, having a safe place sure. to have a conversation that makes people uncomfortable. Sure. Makes Christians uncomfortable. Yes. On the other hand, had I been, this is going to sound weird, but just roll with me. Had I been part of Covenant Network and everything, uh, or any other church structure uh, during that season, what I knew the Lord was telling me to do probably yeah. would have scared y'all. No, been, I, that doesn't sound weird and, at and all. Been like, and yep. because I respect, um, because I do respect spiritual authority and I want to be under covering, even though we know Jesus is my highest covering, right? My highest. I might not have walked down the path and sure. learned what I needed to learn and ask the hard questions or go through that season of where everything in my spiritual word is show, show, uh, shaken up if I had been under something because I would have still been stuck in the, oh my gosh, don't see, don't ask, don't look, don't smell. Yeah. And so it's so important for me, um, had I known when, we, when she painted that, that I was about to go through that season where the only thing I really had was his voice. Sure. Um, not that I never felt his presence, but it's definitely been a like, ah, I know yeah. you're there, you know, and that's an uncomfortable place to be. But the one thing I've always said is I know your voice. Amen. So, and and if, if God had told me today, if he said for the rest of your life, you can sense me every single day, but you can't hear me. Uh, uh, uh. or you can hear me every single day, but you may not be able to feel my presence. If he, if he restrained one thing, it would have to be his presence because his voice is, is the wisdom. It's the direction. It's the feel it right now. It's just a, yeah. a booming river yeah. within and sometimes very quiet. And what I found is my voice is very quiet. Yeah. Uh, so, but this picture, so she, this just a piece of plywood. It's just laid. It was a little warped even. And she said, what color do you want? I said, well, I really want like a rich blue. So, so there's several layers of, of um, oh, it's that certain kind of blue. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it right now. But there's several layers of blue and a little bit of gold. And then she said, what do you want on it? And I said, this is what I want. And so then I had to go look up the word seeker and find, it really took quite a while, probably about two or three weeks to find the right Hebrew words that really resonated with me that said what I wanted to say. And then uh, she made it. And then, um, you know, there's probably about that much of a space between it and the wall because it is just a piece of wood. And then she went to Home Depot and bought a couple pieces of trim. And I wanted it to be the focal point of my den. And then when Zoila was over here visiting, as she saw it and Susan made her a little mini one when she was uh, still living. I love it. Prophetic people are automatically just drawn to that. So mm -hmm. absolutely. That's, that's what caught my attention and I had to ask about it. Well, it just, she'd probably make you one if you want her to. Well, <laughs> if she's taking orders, yes, but yeah. I'm not asking for one. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that's, that's why I have it. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about how we can get a hold of you. Uh, what, um, uh, you know, about your network. And but like I said, we will put it in the show notes, but just kind of wrap up and tell us what you want to know, what you want okay. us to know. All right. If you go to wearecn.com or the covenantnetwork.com, either one of those will go to the same website, but okay. we've started using wearecn.com. Huh? It's easier to remember. It is easier. And you can spell it. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> I can spell it. <laughs> I, I found that people, I found that a lot of people misspell covenant. Like That's I've right. got, I've gotten dozens and dozens of, of, of pieces of mail that were addressed to new convenant, <laughs> the end going. And, that and would be me. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people that were raised anywhere near tra traditional Christianity, they think convent and not covenant um, because they were taught the word Testament instead of covenant. Okay. And like, uh, but that you can go to wearecn.com or you can um if you want to watch some of our teaching videos please go to um uh youtube.com slash uh 
the Covenant Network broadcast that we've got about 7,000, nearly 7,000 subscribers to that. So we're very excited about that. And, um, you know, if you want to reach out, please feel free to. You can email me at bishop at wercn.com and I'll respond. I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to hear from anybody that wants to talk. Well, that's great. Uh, I'll make sure I have all that in the show notes. So I just really thank you for being on the show. I always enjoy talking to you, but I, there's a lot of meat in here, a lot of good things to unpack. So I thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Okay. Until again.